Welcome to Restitch America, a podcast about restoring civility, strengthening patriotism, and rebuilding unity in America. My name is Almohine Opari. As an immigrant for nearly two decades and a new American citizen, I created this show to help heal our national conversation, to rekindle our pride in our country, and to rebuild our sense of patriotism through optimism, civility, and willful positivity. Now sit, relax, and let's restitch America. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Reclaim Our Narrative webinar. My name is Almohini Opari. I'm very excited to be here with you today. And this is a long time coming. And I'm, I'm really glad that we were able to put this together uh, fairly quickly. But the sentiments behind it is something that I've had for many, many, many years. And as we go through this presentation, I'm hoping that you understand kind of where I'm coming from, my background, a little bit about why I'm doing what I'm doing today. and most importantly, how we can all work together to create the America that we all want to have. So the title of the webinar today is Reclaim Our Narrative, Reclaiming Our Narrative. So the first thing I want to start with today is this quote from Henry Ford. It says, coming together is a beginning. Keeping together is progress. Working together is success. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, a lot of times we hear people talk about coming together and uniting in order to achieve a certain cause. And sometimes we also see people, you know, going to rallies, we see people demonstrating. But the part that we hardly see a lot of times is people actually working together. Because once we've talked about the topics that we care about and we've gone to that rally, sometimes what happens is that we go back to our lives. And when we go back to our lives, we forget the necessary actions that we need to take in order to actually achieve the goals that we set out in the first place. So today, my hope for today is for us to not only talk about coming together or keeping together, but to give us a path forward for actually working together. So this is Reclaim Our Narrative. So I want to start with a little bit of information about me. For some of you, this is the first time you're seeing me. Some of you have seen me on social media. Some of you have followed me for a long time. And so the main information I want to give you about myself is this. I was born and raised in Ghana. Ghana. And I have a little bit of a story to tell about this. So Ghana, um, I, I remember when I came to the United States the first time, I went to a dance, my very first dance in college. And when I got to the dance, I, I danced with this girl. We had a, a good time. And during the dance, she stopped for a second and asked me, where are you from? And I said, Ghana. And she said, where is that? And I said, uh, it's a small town in Wyoming. <laughs> and she actually believed me for a second and asked if I was a farmer. <laughs> so um, I know most of you know Ghana is not a small town in Wyoming. Ghana is in West Africa. 
And I was born and raised in Ghana. I came to the United States actually in 2003 at the age of 19. And since I've been here, I graduated class of 2009 from Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. And since then, I've had a professional career in information technology and entrepreneurship. So I've had the opportunity to start a company and I've usually worked in the technology field. I've also been married for 17 years and I have four kids. Now, when I tell people I've been married for 17 years, they're a little surprised, but the story is I got married at 22 and my lovely wife and I have been together ever since. This is our 22nd, uh, sorry, our 17th year of marriage. So um, when I'm not going to work and doing other things with the family, I am the host of a podcast called Restitch America. So some of you are already subscribers to that podcast, but today, if you are not a subscriber to Research America, please do so. Jump on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, anywhere you find podcasts, please search for Restitch America and go and subscribe to it. And the reason I say that is not just to plug it, but also all the updates and the follow-ups from this webinar, I'm going to be announcing and presenting on the podcast. So by following the podcast, by subscribing to the podcast, that is how you're going to keep in contact with me and continue to make sure that what we discuss here actually comes to fruition. All right. So that's a little bit about me. In 2019, sorry, in 2021, June 9th, my wife and I had the awesome opportunity to raise our hands and take the oath of citizenship. And for me, that meant it was an 18-year journey to get to this point. It took us 18 years to go through the legal process of becoming legal American citizens. And I remember that day, I was so excited. It, it was just the most exciting day of my life. I'd waited so long. And I called my brother and my brother, I told my brother, it's finally over. This dream that I've had for the, for the majority of my life is finally over. I am now American. And my brother said, congratulations. But then he said something that has always stuck with me till this day. He said, now that you're American, America's problems are now your problem. And that is exactly how I feel today. As an American citizen, I feel an obligation to join the fight to help restore this country and to help restore it to the place where people like me decided to come to. And that is part of the reason I am inspired to start this movement. So when I became a citizen, the America I had in my mind was, you know, a place of opportunity, a place where anybody's dreams can come true. I had no doubt in my mind about that. I knew that this was the place where my children had the best opportunity to meet their potential. And unfortunately, by the time I got, after 18 years, by the time I became actually a citizen, this is the America I inherited. America completely declining. An America where burning the flag was becoming a norm. An America in 2020 where it was hard to find people who could full-throatedly 
say they loved and appreciated being American. That is the America I inherited. And that is when I decided that I needed to do something about it. And so I'm going to talk about why we're here today, why I am taking on this challenge. So my reason for being here today is that America is rapidly changing in ideology, in values, in identity. America is changing. I know a lot of you are feeling that right now. But not only that, the narratives about America as a people and what we stand for is also under severe attack. Patriotism is dwindling in America right now, especially among the younger generation. And one of the things that is happening as well is that our history, our heritage, our language is being distorted. And because of that, it is constantly keeping us in a state of social and emotional upheaval. And all this turmoil is perpetrated and perpetuated by the institutions that we've entrusted to tell our story and guard our history. So when you turn on the news today, it's hard to find a place that celebrates America. Now, I know that there are pockets, maybe during Independence Day or something like that, where you find people who are, you know, celebrate America almost as if it's an obligation that they have to get over. It's hard to find a place where true patriotism and the celebration of America reign supreme. And one of the things I decided to do when I became a citizen is I wanted to become a cheerleader for America. I want to be a cheerleader for America. I think America needs a cheerleader. And that is the role that I'm trying to take. Now, the narratives that we hear about America and about each other impacts our national psyche in more ways than we realize. So when you turn on the TV and you hear things like America is systemically racist or America is imperialist, or you hear things uh, about our founders and the reasons and their motivations for founding this country, when you hear those things, sometimes we just, you know, brush them off as, oh, these are just, you know, talking points. However, these ideas that are spread about America actually impacts our national psyche. And for many of us, we're now in a state of mourning and helplessness. I've met so many people, I've talked to so many people who feel this sense of helplessness. We vote and our politicians do what they want. It seems like they don't hear our voices. It seems like they don't care about us. And for most people, you feel this helplessness for our country, for our freedoms, for our constitution, and for our children. And this helplessness is clear to most of us. Now, we also live in a state of constant vilification and defamation. I don't know if you guys saw the video um, when President Biden gave his speech in Pennsylvania last year, around this time last year. The America he described was foreign to me. Today, we hear messages around America's founding. We hear that America was founded in 1619 instead of 1776. We hear that America is built on systemic racism. We hear that America's constitution was written by old white men. And the purpose of their writing the constitution was to enshrine and protect and uphold white supremacy. That is the message that we're hearing. That's the narrative that our kids are hearing about their country. 
as patriots, as conservatives, as pro-lifers, as believers, even as capitalists, we are constantly under attack. Our beliefs are constantly denigrated. And our very existence, as the president said in his speech, is characterized as a threat to democracy. We're constantly being vilified as bigots and racists and homophobes, transphobes, xenophobes. We are called misogynists, anti-women, anti-black, the black faces of white supremacy. And in many cases, they use more derogatory pejoratives. So everywhere you go, the American patriot is being vilified and defamed. The question is, how is this affecting us? I know you guys remember some years ago when Hillary Clinton said half of the country, almost half of the country are deplorables and irredeemable. In Joe Biden's speech, he referenced that almost half of the country are semi-fascists, extremists, and a threat to our democracy. Nancy Pelosi recently, I saw this last week, Nancy Pelosi said that there is an aspect of the country whose values, who do not share our values. And the values she stated are values like respect for the dignity and worth of every human being. So these are the narratives that are happening in our country right now about American patriots. These are the narratives that when you turn on your TV, you're going to hear. These are the narratives that our children are taking in every day. And these narratives are permeating the psyche of the country and permeating the individuals in this country. And I want to show you a video that is almost kind of a case in point to the effect of these narratives. So hold on a second and watch this clip here. But I'm finding myself in a position now where we're making more money than we've ever made. And we are literally the brokest we've ever been. Brokest we've ever brokest been. Brokest we've ever been. Brokest we've ever been. But I'm making the most money I ever had my entire life. My husband and I, between the two of us, gross, make like over $80,000 a year. And if you told me a few years ago that $80,000 a year was not going to be enough for a family of four. I make more than what I made back in 2015. But I am still literally living paycheck to paycheck. I have to work 60 hours a week and make $80,000 a year to make ends meet. That's insane. I just, I can't even begin to wrap my head around it. Financially, I just, I don't understand anymore. I don't understand how I make $34 an hour and I can't function. I can't function, I can't pay my bills. There's nothing in my life that I can look forward to long-term. Like I can find things that excite me or make me happy or that I'm thankful for in my day-to-day -day life, but there's nothing in the long run that feels worth it. I shouldn't be struggling. We make enough money that I shouldn't be struggling. What is the point? What what am I what am I working for? What have I got two jobs for? What am I going to school for? Because it feels like there's no winning this rat race and I'm still gonna be struggling no matter what I do. They are literally stripping us dry with these fucking rent, food, utility, house, car, everything the fuck is expensive. Everything has gone up at least 40 fucking percent. 
meant to be naked eating grapes somewhere. Um, I don't think that I was ever meant to follow capitalism to this extent. All right, so I want you to focus on that last part, that very last sentence. So you heard people describing the despair that they feel. You heard people describing how hard things are, even though our president and the media is telling them everything is all right, that the economy is going well. But you're hearing people in this state of despair. And then guess what the narrative is? The narrative is not that we have bad policies that are not working. The narrative is not that we need to vote differently. The narrative is not that America deserves better in leadership, in principle, in return to our constitutional rights and privileges, in in return to our values, that is not what you're hearing. The last words in that video said, capitalism is the problem. Capitalism, the system that has taken billions of people out of poverty, the system that has made this country the greatest country on earth, the system that has made this country the envy of the world, that's the narrative that capitalism is the problem. So this is what I mean by reclaiming our narrative. This is what I'm talking about when I say everything is being done against the thriving of this country. And it is it starts with the narrative because all these people are probably sleeping tonight thinking, The thing that we need to do to solve this problem is to reject capitalism, not recognizing that the system that they're talking about is the system responsible for creating the greatest country in the world. So this is the kind of narratives that we have to fight against. This is the kind of narratives that we have to push back against. This is why I'm doing this, because when I hear this, when I hear that our narratives have been distorted When I hear the media, you know, the way I call it is framing capitalism and framing America and framing our constitution for challenges that government agencies have created, that's a narrative that needs to turn. That's a narrative that needs to shift. The question is, what are we going to do about that? When are we going to speak up about that? Now, when I was growing up, I heard this quote. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I reject that quote right now in this context. I reject that quote in the context that because of these narratives that are being pushed on a daily basis, it is actually hurting our country. These words that people are hearing are hurting our country. So how do we expect the next generation to take up the title of liberty and patriotism to pledge allegiance to our flag and our constitution 
How do we expect them to do that if everything they hear on social media, on the news from our politicians is that this system needs to be uprooted, that this system needs to be abolished? How can we expect them to defend the Constitution when they are ashamed of their own country? And you can see that in a lot of polls today, that a lot of the younger generation today are rejecting this idea of patriotism. They are rejecting the idea of this, you know, a sacrosanct constitution. They are rejecting the idea of our flag as a unifying symbol. And how did we get here? It's because of the narratives that we have allowed to fester for decades. So the question today is, how do we reclaim our narrative? That's the reason I, I, I created this webinar, is, is for us to not only talk about the problems, but to identify some practical ways in which we can begin to push back and reclaim our narrative. So the very first step in that process is for us to rediscover who we really are. We need to rediscover who we really are as a country. And it starts by agreeing on some basic principles that define who we are. We cannot reclaim our narrative if we cannot describe who we are and what drives our passion for the values that we're espousing. So here are some ideas. I am motivated by my love for God, my love for my family, and my love for my country. I am motivated to fight for my God-given rights. Today, there's a narrative in our country that somehow the government gives us rights. But we need to agree and understand that our rights are God-given. Because when our rights come from the government, then it means the government can take away those rights. But when our rights come from our creator, then those rights transcend every government. And so I am fighting for our God-given rights and the preservation of our constitution because I believe the constitution was divinely inspired. I am fighting to preserve individual liberty and the way you preserve individual liberty is to limit the role and power of government. That's the only way you can do that. I've often said that the power of government, the, the size of the government is inverse in terms of its proportionality to the size of our liberty. The bigger the government gets, the smaller the individual. And so in order to maintain and preserve our liberty, we need a limited government. I am motivated by seeking a fair and impartial justice system that enforces the rule of law. I am motivated to protect our children. I am motivated for better schools and safer neighborhoods. The most important function of government is to safeguard this population. And that's important for us to fight for. So that's what motivates me. I'm also motivated 
to give people the opportunity to attempt and achieve the American dream. My goal is to fight to restore patriotism and American exceptionalism. That is what I am fighting for. And I know many of you may agree with this, but this is a manifesto that we need to create and embrace so that when people tell us, who are you and what are you fighting for? We have something to respond with. When you go on a show or you go on a podcast and someone says, oh, you are just someone who claims to be a patriot and they start that narrative against you and start this idea that you're a bigot or a homophobe or, or some kind of you know, xenophobe, you know what you stand for. And you can say, this is what motivates me. This is what I'm fighting for. And I'm pushing back on that narrative that you've created about me. I no longer accept the caricatures that you've created. Let's talk about the next thing. How do we reclaim our narrative? I think one of the most important things we can do is to live up to the values we espouse. Hypocrisy, I believe, is kryptonite to the cause of liberty. Hypocrisy is kryptonite to the cause of liberty. And what that means is that we need to embrace patriotism in its authentic form. We should root our patriotism in the founding values of the Declaration of Independence, that all men are created equal. We need to reject unfounded calls for civil war. And I'll talk a little bit about that. We need to actively reject every form of prejudice in our own personal lives, in our workplaces, everywhere we go. We need to avoid and reject every form of prejudice. We need to demonstrate a sincere concern for the well-being of our neighbors and fellow citizens. And this goes hand in hand with creating a smaller government. If you want a smaller government, then the gaps that the government leaves in the lives of people, you have to be willing to fill those gaps. If you're not willing to fill those gaps, then you can't claim to want a smaller government. So we actually have to have a sincere concern for the well-being of our fellow citizens. We need to have genuine empathy and compassion for others. That is how we live up to the values of the values we're espousing. We need to dedicate ourselves to using legal and peaceful means to seek the redress of our grievances. And we need to engage vigorously in civil discourse. So listen very carefully to what I'm saying here. We need to engage vigorously, but civilly. Now, my social media handle is Willful Positivity. And the reason I say I, I chose that handle is because I believe that we can inject positivity even in negative situations. This is the kind of life we need to live. So just because other people are throwing out epithets, just because other people are being uncivil, we need to live up to the values we espouse by engaging vigorously, but civilly. Number three, to reclaim our narrative, it is important that we understand the goal that we're going for. What is our goal? And in order to recognize our goal, we need to adjust our approach to discourse. And in summary, the way I call it is don't confront, convert. So don't confront, convert. So that's the goal here. 
a lot of times we jump on social media and our instinct is to confront people because they're saying things that are wrong and we just want to confront them. But the bottom line is, what is your goal? Is your goal to denigrate them? Is your goal to, to get them to think about something a little differently? Is your goal to make them feel foolish? I say my goal is to convert. My goal is to help people to see things the way I see it. My goal is to help people switch sides and join the cause of liberty and become patriots like me. That is my goal. And so when I look at people, I look at people from the perspective of this person is a potential convert to the cause. This person is a potential patriot like me. And so I am not going to prejudge them. Maybe they have not been exposed to the narratives that we need to be pushing as patriots. So rather than confront and belittle, we need to begin to convert. Now, I, there's a popular statement among people on the right, which is facts don't care about your feelings. And generally, I agree with that statement. However, people today are emotional beings that have a very hard time separating facts from their feelings. So if our goal is to convert, then we need to make sure that even as we're stating facts, those facts need to be articulated without malice. Those facts need to be articulated with under understanding that the goal is to convert. So we need to elevate our discussions with facts, logic, but most importantly, with kindness. Okay. And now when you hit an impasse, it's also important to recognize our shared humanity. So not everybody's going to agree with us. Not everybody's going to accept the narratives that we push. But it's important, even in an impasse, to recognize our shared humanity and seek areas for potential agreement. Okay, so number three, adjust our approach to discourse. Number four, how do we reclaim our narrative? Revolution is not the answer. Revolution is not the answer. Now, all over my social media, when I post about America and, and all the, the challenges we're going through as a country, I hear people say things like, well, we're never going to solve this. We need a revolution. Or people say we need to secede. Or people say we need to fight back. We need to take the streets. And for me personally, it's a little funny to me because. I, I am coming from West Africa. I grew up hearing wars and rumors of wars all over the place. In my own country, I grew up under a dictatorship. And what people don't realize is that revolution is not something that you take for granted. Revolution is not something that you take lightly. The American Revolution was important, but you also have to realize that People lost their lives in that revolution. In 2020, we had the riots all over the country. And we saw people burning down homes and burning down businesses and destroying neighborhoods, close to $2 billion in destruction. And many of us look at that and we recoil and we say, this should never have happened. This should never have happened. However, what people don't realize is when they talk about revolution, a revolution would be much worse than what we saw in 2020. 
And the funny thing to me is that a lot of these people who claim they're ready for a revolution, they can't make time to go vote to change the politics in their own neighborhood, but they're ready to take up arms to defend their country. So number four, in order for us to be taken seriously, we have to recognize that revolution is not the answer. We still have legal and peaceful means that we can take to achieve our goals, but we cannot cede our narrative to the charlatans who want to paint us as dangerous and violent. And when we start talking about revolution, all we do is we play into their game. We play into their game and they have us on tape. And we should never take that bait because revolution is not the answer. Number five, for how we reclaim our narrative, we need to combine our efforts. And this is one part of our movement, the patriot movement that I feel is sorely lacking. We need to combine our efforts and we need to do it with a plan. We need to do it with a plan. And here's a, a simple plan that I came up with. Now, this is open for you know, potential discussion in the future. But this is the plan I came up with. We need to promote positivity. When I say I want to be a cheerleader for America, I want people to be able to wake up and feel proud to be American. I want them to feel the sense of positivity. Think about the video we watched and the despair that people were feeling. I want them to, re to turn back, turn away from that despair. That even in the face of the trials that we're going through, that people have positive attitudes about our country. And the way we do that is to share success stories from within our patriot community. We have to bring those stories to life and we have to tell those stories in an emotional way that captures the hearts of these people who are struggling to be positive. We need to encourage constructive conversation. We need to celebrate achievements that are aligned with our values. Now, sometimes it's going to be hard. You're going to find achievements on the left, on the right, anywhere. We need to be genuine enough to give credit where credit is due. That is something that we need to be able to do. When we see positivity somewhere, we need to promote that positivity whether it is positivity on the left or the right, as long as it is pro-American positivity. Number two, we need to listen actively. A lot of us are so quick to be the speakers that we forget to listen. So first, we need to begin to engage different perspectives. So my podcast is called Restitch America. And the reason is because I believe that we need to be able to bring the two sides of our country together to find common ground. And that begins by listening to each other. And we need to seek first to understand and then seek to be understood. So first, we need to listen so we can understand where people are coming from. I don't, I don't subscribe to this idea that, you know, everybody who disagrees with me is evil. I believe that we can have a country of people on the left and the right, and we can appreciate and love our country, even though we have differences in policy. And it starts by listening. A, 
We need to articulate authentically. A lot of times you find people, because of social media nowadays, we have so many people who can just jump on social media and start talking. And a lot of times their, their thoughts, their ideas are not well thought out. And unfortunately, anybody can clip and say, this is a representation of an American patriot. You see these people doing the man on the streets and then they go and talk to people and then they get them, they trick them in some cases. And the way we fight against that is to articulate authentically. But the way to do that is to make sure that we understand the facts that we're talking about. We make sure that those facts are true and clear. And then we speak with sincerity and integrity. We don't seek to do gotcha journalism, as they say. And we represent our core values accurately. I would also suggest that we prioritize quality over quantity in communication. I am on social media and many times um, I've tried to grow my account and I feel like I've hit a plateau. And people have told me, maybe you should post more. You should post more. And I get that the algorithm rewards people who post consistently. But the thing I keep telling myself is, I don't always have a profound thought to share. And so when I post, I want to post things that actually have value to people, that add to people's lives, that promotes positivity, right? That's my goal for posting. So I'm not just going to post to get the likes or the quantity. I believe the quality matters, right? And, and we should also try to emulate that kind of thing. That when we speak, we speak, we prioritize the quality of what we're saying. And then finally, we need to nurture what I call neutrality. Nurture neutrality. And what that means is we need to first, we need to strive for a balanced discourse. We cannot be biased to the point of not seeing any of the ideas of the other side. Okay, we need to evaluate those ideas. And if those ideas are wrong, we need to show why they're wrong, right? We need to highlight areas of agreement with people, even when there's opposition. And then finally, we need to disagree without resorting to hostility. So we, learn, we need to learn to disagree better. And that's really important. So these are the five plans, and I'll go through them really, really quickly. First, rediscover who we really are. Second, live up to the values we espouse. Third, adjust our approach to discourse. Fourth, revolution is not the answer. And then five, combine our efforts with a plan. Combine our efforts with a plan. But here's the big summary to the whole thing. The most effective way to win the fight to reclaim our narrative is to be our own narr narrators. The most effective way to win the fight to reclaim our narrative is to be our own narrators. We cannot outsource our story to people who hate us. We cannot outsource our values to people who seek to denigrate who we are. 
We cannot allow charlatans to be the people in the room deciding how to describe who we are. So the most important thing we can do is to be our own narrators. And how are we going to do that? The way we're going to do that, and my hope, and part of the reason I'm doing this, these are the expected deliverables that I'm hoping for. The first is we need to educate and start our outreach. And this is through webinars and workshops and seminars. A lot of organizations are doing that. I, I commend organizations like PragerU. I commend organizations like um, the Young America's Foundation who are going into the community and interacting with people and taking on the narratives where they really matter, which is with our youth. And I want us to continue that community building. I know when Barack Obama was running for president, a lot of people made fun of him because they said he's a community organizer. But I promise you that in order to push back on these narratives, we have to organize in our communities. There's just no way around it. We have to organize in our communities. We have to leverage a network of individuals, influencers, thought leaders who are passionate about reclaiming our narrative and then use this network as a support system to foster collaborations so that our message penetrates to all the different platforms out there. Okay? So this is really important for us to do, to build our community. And then number three, research and resources. The worst thing in the world is when I hear a patriot you know, jump on their high horse and then make a mistake because they quote something in the wrong way or they state a statistic that is flawed. It's important for us to be accurate if we're going to be taken seriously. And so we need to set up research and resources available to people so that they can get access to the information they need when they're making an argument. My imagination is, imagine that you're going you know, to talk about a certain topic. Imagine that you can go to a place and some of the research is already prepared for you and you can easily pick and understand what is going on. I think PragerU does a pretty good job with that. But you can take that information and disseminate it in a very clear and concise way. That is really important. The next thing I believe is important is storytelling. We know that a lot of the media is, is owned by people who basically hate this country. And so how do we get into the storytelling game? We need to start to reach people emotionally, not just with facts. If I came to you and I beat, I beat you up the side of the head with facts, how effective is that going to be in actually changing your heart? How is that going to happen? So we need to understand and embrace storytelling. We need to be able to tell our own stories. For instance, my story as an immigrant and the fact that I understand where America is going because I have lived in a place where I did not have all the rights and privileges that Americans enjoy. We need to be telling these stories and we need to engage our youth in mentoring and scholarship programs so that people, our youth can begin to be interested again in their country. 
so that they can begin to start learning about their country. Now, a lot of times we a narrative that is going around now is that these American patriots, so-called American patriots on the right, they don't want to teach American history, right? They, they just want to whitewash everything. We need to push back against that narrative. And we need to tell our own story about our history. We need to recognize that, yes, there are portions of our history that are devastatingly bad. But those portions of our history juxtaposed with our day-to-day life today tells us how far we have come. And we need to understand and tell that story of how we found ourselves and how we atoned for our original sin through the deaths of hundreds of thousands of our fellow citizens and how we have fought ever ever since to bend the arc of history towards justice and equality. That is the story we need to be telling rather than acquiescing to the 1619 Project, rather than embracing these ideas about a systemically racist country. So, the final thing that I believe should be a deliverable is that we need to establish partnerships, partnerships that work closely with educational institutions, media houses, and like-minded organizations so that we can embed a balanced narrative in the curriculum, in programming, and public discourse. We need people who are working in media. We need people who are working in in technology. We need people who are working in, in places that craft what we see online to start collaborating with us so that we can get a balanced view of our narrative into the public sphere. Now, as patriots, there's one thing that I identify as one of our biggest problems. One of our biggest problems is that because we believe in individual liberty and we believe in individualism, because of that, a lot of us find ourselves working in silos. I have my own platform. I have my own website. I have my own thing going. And that's great. But in order to fight for the cause of liberty, we cannot fight in silos. We need to come together. We need to share our knowledge. We need to share the tips and tricks. We need to combine and widen our platforms. We need to support each other. And we cannot do that if we're all in our own silo and echo chamber. And so that's, the, that's going to be the biggest thing we need, to, we need to overcome. You can still have your silo. You can still have your own account. You can still have your own platform. But what are you doing to collaborate with other people who are like-minded? so that we can grow our influence rather than keep it siloed in one place. So that is our biggest challenge, is how do we break out of these silos? And then our second challenge is 
I have said a lot of things today. I've talked about some of the things we need to change. I've talked about how we take back our narrative by you know, defining who we are and, and getting our own stories into the media. The question is, how do we fund all this? Now, when I started thinking about this, I realized that I'm one man. I'm not rich. I don't have disposable income to put away. For all intents and purposes, I will say I have achieved the American dream, and I'm very proud of that. However, I am not at a point where I can fund this. But the last thing I want to do is to be beholden to any corporate interests. The last thing I want to do is for us to be beholden to any billionaire behind a curtain. The last thing I want this movement to be beholden to is anybody who attaches strings to what we can do. So the only way we can fund this initiative is to create it from the ground up. And today, I am excited to present my idea for how we kill two birds with one stone. I know they, they don't want us to say that anymore. <laughs> they say now we should say what? Feed two birds with one scone. <laughs> but how do we do both, right? How do we fund an initiative where we control our own narrative? How do we do that? And then also make sure that we're not beholden to special interests. So today I'm announcing a platform, a new platform that I call Million Dollar Influencers. Million Dollar Influencers. And I'm going to explain a little bit about this platform for you. Million Dollar Influencers. So remember I talked about collaboration, right? We live in a world today where our children are waking up in the morning and turning on their phones. And what do they see? Influencers. Influencers in gaming, influencers in politics, influencers, you know, in comedy. There are influencers everywhere. And these influencers wield the attention of millions and millions of people. Unfortunately, with every good thing comes also an opposite, right? So not all influencers are created the same. And there are large influencers today that are pushing anti-American values, that are pushing anti-American narratives. And so why did I create Million Dollar Influencers? Million Dollar Influencers is an exclusive network of pro-American influencers. An exclusive network of pro-American influencers. Now, this is my vision for this. Okay, imagine you're a business and you don't want to be like Budweiser and lose $26 billion in economic value overnight by hiring the wrong influencer. So imagine that you're an American business that is patriotic, that is pro-American, and you need an influencer. Where do you go? Million-dollar influencers. 
the exclusive network of pro-American influencers. So Million Dollar Influencers is a platform that I released. It's live right now. And what I'm trying to do with this platform is to assemble 10,000 influencers who are pro-American and who are willing to support my cause to reclaim our narrative. Now, these influencers don't, don't have to necessarily be in politics. These influencers can be in any interests that they care about. But the most important thing is that they have to be unapologetically pro-American. So how does this work? When you go as an influencer to million-dollar influencers, there are 10,000 spots that are available. 10,000 spots. And you get to pick a spot, and that spot becomes yours. So we've already started filling the spots. 10,000 spots, and once they're gone, they're gone. We're looking for 10,000 pro-American influencers to join this platform. And so when you go in there, once you've claimed your spot, your profile picture will be shown in the spot that you claimed. Once you have that spot claimed, that's when someone clicks on your profile, they will be able to see everything they need to see about you. So it's going to give, if you're familiar with a platform like Linktree, it's going to give them access to every link, all your social media platforms. It's going to give them access to um, information about yourself. It's going to give them access to samples of your videos and your content. And the goal is to present you to any business that is seeking services from someone like you, from someone who is pro-American. Okay, I know currently there is another website out there that is assembling all pro-American businesses. So think of this as a companion website that is going to promote and celebrate pro-American influencers. And we're looking for 10,000 of them. There are some qualification requirements. So not everybody qualifies. In order to qualify, you actually have to be an influencer. And what that means is you have to be unapologetically America, pro-American. You don't have to be American, but you have to be pro-America. You have to have at least 5,000 or more followers. You have to, and when I say 5,000 or more followers, this is 5,000 followers across all your social media. So if you have, let's say, 2,000 on TikTok, you have 3,000 on Instagram, you qualify. But you have to have in total, across all your social media, 5,000 followers or more. Okay? You have to agree to abide by our values. And I've talked about some of those values today. And then you have to claim your spot. Okay, and I'll talk about what you get for claiming your spot here in a sec. And then, of course, update your social media accounts to point to your million-dollar influencer profile. So when you tell people, link in bio, you're pointing to your million-dollar influencer profile. And then finally, use your platform in whatever way you choose to reclaim our narrative. The goal here is not to micromanage people or tell them what to say. That's not the goal. 
But the goal is for us to be on the same page. The goal is to create or remove the barriers to collaboration. Today, when I see a, a creator online who I want to collaborate with, I have to go through TikTok or Instagram or YouTube. And the chances that I can get contact with that person are very slim. For instance, if someone is not following me on TikTok, I can only send them three messages. And if I send them three messages and they don't see it, TikTok does not allow me to continue that collaboration. So we want to free ourselves from the limits that are placed on us by these social media platforms and collaborate with each other. So imagine 10,000 of these creators collaborating with each other. So let's talk about some of the perks that you get when you become a million dollar influencer. One, your profile is going to be on the homepage of million dollar influencers. So when you go to milliondollarinfluencers.com, you will see the profiles of the people who have, I would say the pioneers of this platform. They're currently there right now. Number two, you will get access to an exclusive influencer collaboration platform and community. So as soon as you sign up, you will have a community where you can begin to collaborate with all the other million dollar influencers. So imagine that you have a story that you want to share. Imagine being able to go to million dollar influencers and send an alert to 10,000 influencers who are pro-American and say, guys, I need you guys to push this and make this go viral. And because we are all collaborating, because we are all on the same page, because we're all pushing for American patriotism and the restoration of our narrative, we all chime in and we all help. And we control what goes viral. We don't leave that to YouTube. We don't leave that to TikTok. We don't leave that to Instagram's algorithm. We control what goes viral because we have 10,000 people who can make it go viral. That's the power of collaboration. Imagine if one of your favorite creators gets banned on some social media platform. Imagine that they can come to million dollar influencers and say, guess what? I just got banned on TikTok or YouTube. And immediately you get a band of 10,000 people who are willing to write to TikTok or write to YouTube. Or if you have created a backup account, those 10,000 people are willing to follow you right now so that you can regain your footing, so you can regain your following, so you can start again. Imagine the power of such a network. Now, when you become a member, you also get access to discounts at 1 million plus businesses and travel partners across America. So you immediately, within 30 days of becoming a member, you will now have access to discounts all over the place. So as an influencer, I know some of you travel a lot. And so as an influencer, a million dollar influencers, you are going to get discounts at hotels, um, at various stores, when you buy supplies, all sorts of things, you'll be able to get a lot of discounts. So that's a perk that comes with it. And then number four, you get access to monthly webinars, a webinar kind of like this one. But imagine that there's something that we need to know. Maybe there's some new policy that we'd all need to abide by so we don't get banned on social media. Imagine that we can create these webinars so we can preempt the issues that come. Imagine that we can do that. 
and we don't have to go through TikTok or Facebook or Instagram to share that information with each other. That's the power of collaboration. And that's the kind of collaboration you'll be able to do on million dollar influencers. And then finally, as influencers, we need to earn some money, right? We need some money. And so, yes, we, we live on YouTube and we live on, on TikTok and we live on all these places because those are the people who are paying. And that's perfectly fine. But with million dollar influencers, what I want to be able to do here is to create a marketplace akin to Amazon. So imagine 10,000 of us and all our merch together in one place. So rather than having your own website and trying and trying to, um, you know, having your own website and trying to get traffic to that website, right? We can have one place where you can put your stuff. And I think that's really important. And then if you have blogs or articles that you want to publish, this will be a place where you can publish that as well. So these are some of the things that are perks that you get by becoming a million dollar influencer. This is the way that I believe we can fund this initiative of reclaiming our narrative. My hope is that I don't want to go to, you know, I don't want to go to some, you know, rich person and say, give us your money, because that, that money is going to come with strings attached. But if we build our own platform together, if we build our own platform and we monetize that platform together, then we can fund the reclaiming of our narrative by ourselves. Now, when you become a member of Restitch, uh, sorry, when you become a member of the Million Dollar Influencer, you will also get this, this medal. It's a keepsake. And this medal will represent that spot that you have on the platform. So you will get this. It's really beautiful. I just ordered my first batch of them. So they're there. Um, and in the future, what I'm hoping to do is to have an, a conference, annual conference, where we can all come together. So think CPAC or think, you know, some of the other conferences that are out there where all of us can come together. These are like-minded patriots who can come together and talk and discuss and have keynote speakers and so on so that we can continue to move this initiative forward. Now, the bottom line is I'm one man. I spent my entire summer building this platform from scratch. The question is, why am I doing this? Like I said, it took me 18 years to become American. And I could have just basked in my excitement about being American. I could have just sat there and said, I have achieved the American dream. But I couldn't be quiet to see the country that I loved being denigrated constantly. I wanted to do something about it. And I know that this is, this is probably going to be an uphill battle. The funny thing is, I'm not doing it alone. 
there's one person who has been there throughout the whole process, supporting and helping me. And I'll tell you a little story of how this person came into my life. So I posted a video on Instagram and this person saw that video and was inspired. And she said, and this is her own words. She said she knew that she needed to get in contact with me at all costs. And so she reached out to me on Facebook. And luckily that day, I happened to see her information. And so I saw her message. I was really excited to talk to her. And this is when I found that this was actually probably divinely inspired because this person did not know where I was. I never said where my location was, but it just so happened that I was coaching soccer. This person was also coaching soccer. And both our teams were practicing on the same field. Can you imagine that? And so I met this person on the soccer field. And we began this journey together. And we haven't made any money <laughs> in the process. But we're doing this because we believe it matters. It matters. Someone needs to be a cheerleader for America. And I'm willing to be that cheerleader. And Jenny Johnson, who I'm going to bring up right now, Jenny Johnson is the person who has made it possible for me to get to this point. She's a producer of my podcast, Restitch America. So Jenny, I'm going to bring you up right now. <laughs> I'm dying right now. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, we really aren't making any money. <laughs> I know, I know. So Jenny, I, I just wanted to take this opportunity to really, really sincerely thank you. Because mm. the amount of hours that you have put into producing the podcast, into helping me find content, into helping me research and getting me guests and preparing those guests for the podcast, everything that you've done, you've done selflessly. Mm. You've not asked for anything. And I, I, I just want to publicly say that I, you exemplify the kind of collaboration, the kind of patriotic spirit that I think is sorely needed in America, right? America is the place where strangers come together and they take up a cause and say, we are going to make a difference. It's a place where you can wake up in the morning and you can say, I have an idea, I have a dream. And by sundown, have a prototype. America is the place where dreaming is free, where you can dream without any, without worrying about whether those dreams are shackled by socioeconomic infrastructures. This is the place. And when minds like us come together, this is what can be built. So this is the work of Jenny and I up to this point. So if the two of us can combine together and deliver something like this. I can use my tech skills to build a platform from scratch and have that platform ready today. Only took me four months to do it. 
I think. And I, I remember the Obamacare website. <laughs> it took $600 million and it didn't work when it was released. I built this platform from scratch. And, and today we're debuting it. And so people go check it out, milliondollarinfluencers.com. And those who qualify, go ahead and sign up if you can. But my hope is by the end of the year, we can get 10,000 influencers, 10,000 influencers who are pro-American, who want to support the cause that we're working on today. So to wrap up today, um, these are some takeaways that I, I want you to do. Okay. This video I'm going to make available. We're going to um, publish this video on YouTube. It's going to be Reclaim My Narrative or Reclaim Our Narrative. That's going to be the title. So go look for this video and share it with as many people as you can. And once you've done that, also make sure that you reach out to your favorite creators who you know have you know more than 5,000 followers and say, hey, why don't you go and check out Million Dollar Influencers and see if it is something that you want to be part of. And then number three, if you know anyone who is willing to support this cause, anyone who wants to interview me, who wants me to you know, show up somewhere, I am willing to speak anywhere. So if you know someone with a podcast, if you know people who want me to guest blog for them, I am available. I'm offering myself to this cause. So I'm looking forward to that. Send your messages to contact us at restitchamerica.com. Contact us at restitchamerica.com. Now, Jenny, I wanted you to put in a plug for our podcast. So go ahead and tell everybody about the podcast as we wrap up here. Um, well, first off, as you were talking about... Um some of the reasons why we started doing all of this uh, before I had even come across Alma, I had in 2020 uh, after January 6th, the one thought that had kicked in my head was how, what stories are going to be told like after like key moments like that, like what, what narratives are going to be created and what stories are going to be the ones that actually become history. And at first I was worried and concerned and then um, I felt like this calm reassurance that there's a reason why people tell stories. There's a reason why people keep journals, they record history, they go online and make these videos. I think how we are able to give history to our kids and be able to tell our stories is by recording them. And I think through our podcast, <laughs> like we, we, we tell stories, but we also seek to connect with people because I think we want to be able to reach out and connect with people who don't think the same as us, but see that we are people, <laughs> you know, we're normal people who can connect across barriers. And even if we don't always see eye to eye or our policies, as you mentioned before, could be very different in what we agree with. I think first and foremost, um, 
we're people that are imperfect. <laughs> and I I like the work that we've done. And yes, restitch, I think this is probably going to be our our post for today, <laughs> our post for this week, because usually we we publish our podcast and we've put it on hold so that we could build this site and I'll be excited to get back into it and everything, but um, please support the podcast because it allows us to reach out to more people. Um, I always appreciate hearing feedback from everyone to know who, who, what, like what you like about the podcast, who you like to listen to, who you would want to hear from perspectives you'd want to hear from those types of things are very helpful. So Come view the podcast and tell us what we could do more. And um, I always enjoy getting to know every single person that we've had. We've met some very interesting people and very like, like they have, they've had the most amazing perspectives and it's amazing to hear their stories and be able to work on them and share them. So right. <laughs> like that's, that's what I do, but yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank please, you. please come listen. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Jenny. So um, go if you have not subscribed to the podcast please do so right now it will take you just just a second to do it go subscribe on youtube go subscribe that's the way you can support us now i saw a question come through um, that i wanted to address someone said hey how can i support this without being an influencer so yes if you're not an influencer like i said in order to be part of the million dollar influencer club you have to have 5,000 followers. So if you don't have 5,000 followers, you're not an influencer, you can still help. You can still help. And so what I would like you to do is to please send an email to us at contact us at restitchamerica.com. Contact us at restitchamerica.com and just say, I want to help reclaim our narrative. And we will reach out to you. Also, everyone who registered or the webinar, we're going to reach out to you with a follow-up email, and we will let you know exactly how you can help, exactly how you can help. Um, but right now, the most important thing is to share this video. If you have some favorite creators, invite them to watch this video, invite them to join our platform, and go to, re um, re sorry, Million Dollar Influencers, create more traffic there, if you visit that site and you check out the creators that we have over there, we can build our traffic, which makes everything that we're trying to build more valuable. Okay, so for now, that's the help you can give us. Share this video, share our message, follow me on social media. Right now on TikTok, I am at 180,000. I just crossed 180,000 today. I want to get to 200,000 by the end of the week. Can we do that? Can you help me get there? The podcast is called Restitch America. Restitch America. So just search for it on any podcast platform, Restitch America, and you'll be able to find it. We already have season one finished. We're going on to season two. This is basically episode one of season two. So we're going to post this as episode one so you can check it out and you can share it with others. And so this brings us to the end of our webinar today. We've gone through quite a bit, and some of you may have questions for me. Some of you may be wondering, you know, how do I get in contact with him? How do I book him for speeches, for whatever? 
just reach out to us at contact us at restitchamerica.com. Contact us at restitchamerica.com. Share that email with anybody who you believe can put us in the right place to connect with the right people. Um, one of my biggest challenges is to get out of obscurity and get into the world. So your job today is to help me get out of obscurity. I don't want us to just go back to our daily lives and forget this ever happened. Let's take some action today. And I'm, I'm really grateful that you stuck around for all those who stuck around. Thank you so much. This means so much to me. But I, I believe this is a testament to what America can do. Just imagine someone like me coming into a country at 19 years old with nothing, literally everything I owned fit into two suitcases. That is it. The generosity of Americans is what has put me where I am today. The American who sold me my first car, a 1973 Volkswagen Beetle for a dollar. The American who took me to Costco and got me my first laptop. The American who heard my story and said, I want to help you pay for education. The American who said, I help you pay when my car broke down and needed a new engine. America is good because Americans are great. And we cannot allow the charlatans in the media to take that away from us. And that is my last message to you all today. I want you to wake up in the morning and be proud to be American. And I know today we look around and we say, you know, hey, a lot of things are not going right. But being proud of our country is not dependent on how many things are going right today. Because the pride we have in our country is what gives us the energy to push us to make the changes necessary to get where we need to go. Thank you so much for listening to episode one of season two of Restitch America. If you enjoyed this show, please like, comment, and subscribe, and invite all your friends to join us here next week on Restitch America.